0: Yeah, 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 uh, I'd like to welcome everybody to my podcast. I am your gracious host, Jupiter dying and we got a special podcast, guys. We got a special podcast for you guys. Yo, we're going to talk about, man, the one, the only man, the most underrated uh, R&B entertainer there was, man. And that's Rick James, man. We're going to talk about Rick James, man. You know, everybody know about Rick's, his trials and tribulations. And, you know, I think Rick don't get the credit that he deserves as a musician. He had the Stone City Band. He had the Mary Jane Girls. You know what I mean? He gave Eddie Murphy his only first only hit. He turned somebody who into a singer who wasn't even an r singer, man. He was a comedian. And he made, he wrote Eddie Murphy's hit, uh, my girl likes to party all the time, joint. but we're gonna talk about Rick James, man, you know what I'm saying, I have my own little personal story about Rick James, like, I didn't know him, but I knew people that knew him, grew up with him, you know what I mean, my uncle, you know, used to party with Rick James, you know what I'm saying, back in the day, I don't know how the hell he met Rick James, but he was a huge, 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 huge Rick James fan, man. And grown up I didn't even know he was from Buffalo know what I mean I didn't even know he was from Buffalo back in the day I thought he was just some cat who wore a wig you know that like, but uh you know that dress funny you know what I'm saying but once I got older and started to really listen to his his joints man Rick was talented as hell man dude can write his butt off man like dude wrote for so many people man like you wouldn't even thought rick wrote that song man i don't have it the list here but one day i'm a Kapala list man i'm a Kapala list of the joints that rick wrote for people that you didn't have no idea that he wrote those songs for certain artists but um rick was the man you know what i'm saying he's the true um true uh, mayor of buffalo new york he's the cat that said he was from buffalo new york and didn't blink you know what i'm saying a lot of cats from buffalo new york a lot of cats from upstate new York. And be fronting like they from New York City, man. You know what I'm saying? They be fronting, man. You know what I mean? They don't want to claim where they truly from. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm I'm gonna name a couple cats, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna name a couple cats from the city you probably didn't know that were from Buffalo, you know. Brian McKnight is from Buffalo, New York. You know what I mean? Um Stevie J, the producer for Bad Boy back in the nineties, you know what I'm saying? He's on my own Love Hip Hop. He's from Buffalo, New York, you know what I mean? Um, Black Rob, who passed away, what, last year? You know what I'm saying? People thought he was from Harlem. No, he's originally from Buffalo, New York. You know what I'm saying? He probably moved to Harlem. But, you know, I used to see Black Rob back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Hanging out on Broadway, you know? Uh, Asking people to watch, watch their vehicle. Like, I don't know if he was on any type of like, substance-type thing back in the day, but I remember seeing Black Rob. If that wasn't Black Rob, his name wasn't Black Rob back in the, back then, you know what I'm saying? Because he he didn't, he didn't wasn't rapping at the time, but um, I didn't know that was Black Rob, man. I was young, like, you know what I'm saying? Black Rob is way older than me, you know what I mean? So, you know, Black Rob's probably, what, 50-something, something like that. He's a few years older than me, so, you know, I used to see him. If it wasn't him, then it, it was a damn sure lookalike. You know what I mean? Damn sure looking like, but I used to see him around the way all the time back in the day, on the east side of Buffalo. Um, who else, man? Who else is from Buffalo? Uh, you know, the Google Dolls. You know what I'm saying? The rock band, the Google Dolls, are from Buffalo, New York. Um, who else, man? Um, Lucille Ball. If you remember the show from back in the day, the black and white show, Lucille Ball show. She's from the city. Know what I mean. Um... Grandkowski for the uh New England Patriots, the tight end. He's from the city. You know I mean, it's so many people, man. It's so many people. It's so many people, man. Buffalo has a lot of entertainers. Like you wouldn't think that Buffalo don't have entertainers. Um, um Beverly Johnson, the 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 supermodel from the seventies and eighties. I think she was on the first sister to be on the cover of uh one of those magazines from back in the day. Uh Model magazine. She's like the first to ever do it, man. Beverly Johnson. Look her up. She's from the city. You know what I'm saying? So many people, man. Griselda, of course. You know what I mean? That's why. That's why we rock with Griselda so tough is because you know they came out came out the gate off the rip, saying they were from the city. You know what I'm saying? They didn't try to be anything else. They kept it New York. You know what I'm saying? They're not from the, the, the barrels and nothing like that. They're not from the city. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, they kept it strictly East Coast. And they didn't try to sound like nobody else. That's why we rock with them so tough. That's why I rock with them so tough. You know what I mean? And I, I, I knew about Benny in the City. You know what I'm saying? My man um, Lorenzo used to... Know Lorenzo, he used to rap. You know what I'm saying? My man Lorenzo, but he moved to Atlanta years ago. I didn't hear from him again. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. He found him a wife and got married or what? Went, went down and had a family. My man Zo, you know what I'm saying, used to be in that circle where Benny and his crew, you know what I mean? He knew about Benny, and my man Zo used to say Benny couldn't rap, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I mean, over I think over time, Benny just got better and better, you know what I'm saying? At the time when Zo said that, man, this is back in 2000, and uh, this had to be like 2006, seven or something like that. You know what I mean? I haven't seen my man Zone in years, man. But he 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 knew Benny, you know what I'm saying? Um and his crew. And uh it was like a rivalry thing, man. He had the fam, had a little group called the fam back here in Buffalo and you know, it was like a little rivalry thing with them too, because they rapping, Benny's group rap, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if he had the Black Soprano Mafia group back then, but I remember him being named Two Chain, two, like Two Chain Benny or something like that. He used to wear the big buffalo chain and all that. I mean, cause I remember him being in the newspaper back home back in the day. So I remember Tana the Tanner talk joints that were on the underground scene. And um everybody knew Benny, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Benny been doing this thing for the longest. Like Conway, I didn't really know too much about Conway. And Machine Gun, not Machine Gun, um, West Side Gun, I didn't know too much about them two, but Benny's been doing this thing, man, like, you know what I'm saying? All upstate New York, like, know about Benny, man. He been, you know, doing this thing for the longest, man, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I didn't know too much about Con Conway and, um, Westside Gun, but I knew about Benny, like, you know what I mean? I, I remember he used to come up people' window and, you know what I'm saying, he used to rap, you know what I'm saying, like, just go, go ham and just go crazy, for like minutes at a time, and just you know, um you know, over time he just got better, man. You know what I'm saying? He just got better. I think he's my favorite out of the group. You know, Westside Gun bring bring the swag to the group, and then Benny just bring the 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 you know. He reminded me a lot of Jay Z and and uh, um um uh, Kuji Rap. You know, a little bit of Nas. You know what i'm saying um benny's just dope man I mean, he's my favorite out the group You know what i mean um but uh but yeah man it's a lot of cats from um you know buffalo has a real big music scene well it used to definitely in the 80s 70s and 80s buffalo had a uh really big music scene you know what i'm saying a lot of artists came out of the city that you didn't even know was from the city you know what i'm saying and you know a lot of cats don't claim upstate new york because of the stigmatism I guess will come from I guess from coming from upstate New York you know what I'm saying it being a smaller smaller um, cities in upstate New York you know what I mean so the, a lot of people won't claim upstate if they're from upstate New York they'll they'll claim New York City to make I guess it's a career move they think it's gonna better their career or whatever but a lot of cats that are that say they're from the New York City they're not from New York City a lot of them a lot of them from upstate New York know what I'm saying Uh, Black Rob is one of them he's from Buffalo he you know what I'm saying was born in Buffalo but he claimed Harlem I mean you know I kind of see it if you you know uh, you moved to Harlem and you know you did your one two in Harlem you know what I'm saying most of your life I guess but you know you know him and, and Stevie J they don't really claim the city you know what I'm saying they don't really claim the city you know what I mean but, you know it's whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, like honestly, who really want to claim Stevie J? He's a clown. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 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 uh, he's not a great re- representation of the city. You know what I mean? Uh, Brian McKnight Knight would be a great representation of the city. You know what I'm saying? Um, and other people that's from the city that represent the city in the proper light. But Stevie J is a clown. Man, you know what I mean? Um, I guess he moved to to Rochester at some point and ended up meeting Puffy, and that's how he got on, but yeah, man, Rick James, man, you know what I'm saying? I, I came across Rick, Rick used to, you know what I mean, Back, definitely back in the 80s, he used to come through in his limo, man, all the time, yo, he used to come through in the limo and just hop out, hop out anytime, like, you know what I'm saying? Rick was wild, yo, like, you know what I mean? Me and my friends were playing one day, and, and it was snowing like crazy, so... So boom, we, we were gonna play in the snow, have a football game in the snow, and uh I was mad young, man. You know what I mean? And Rick pulled up on pulled up on us, you know what I'm mean? saying, jumped out. <laughs> like, oh, snap, yo, is that right? And um he gave us like a couple bucks and all that and just left. Like, that's the type of stuff he would do. Like he would do some wild stuff, just jump out and just get back in his limo and just, and just be gone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he gave us some money, a few dollars or whatever. I think he gave us, like, $5 a piece or something. I'm like, man, he, he cheap as hell to be rich. <laughs> I don't know. But, yo, everybody know Rick's story. You know what I'm saying? He was wild. He was a rock star. You know what I mean? Again, he don't get the credit that he deserved. You know what I'm saying? I think Chappelle, that's a Chappelle show, ruined his image. You know what I'm saying? It ruined the. It ruined his, his... What he gave to the game. It just... It just... Made it non-existent you know Chappelle did such a well job in uh the skit that he had on his show and it was so funny that people forget that he was actually Rick Jane was actually talented look, just look at what he did in a little bit that he had in the movie life he's not an actor but Rick pulled that off that's what Rick was he was multi-talented. I mean? Look at the role he played in life. Like you really thought that was like for real, for real, that he was that role. That's the type of dude Rick was, man. And I I hate the fact that, um, his drug abuse took him out soon. So soon, man, he died in his fifties. That's young. I'm getting near 50. Like that's young. You know what I'm saying? That's young. And it's sad that know what I mean his his his, his uh, you know over the years this is why I tell people man take care of yourself man take care of yourself especially when you start to when you hit 29 30 you better stop all that silly stuff all that drinking all that doing drugs you know what I mean because all that stuff is going to uh catch up with you when you hit 40 50 you know what I'm saying you're going to have the 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 results of all those years of Abusing your body, and that's what happened to Rick, man. You know what I'm saying? All those years of uh, doing drugs, partying, you know what I mean, and not taking care of himself, end up taking him out sooner than what he really should. Rick should still be here. You know what I mean? Rick died in what 2004 Um, he was that dude, man. He was that dude, and you know everybody now know about the feud he had with Prince. And um, you know, uh, who who was better, him or Prince? Me, honestly, I think Rick was better. Prince's style didn't really, even though they both dress weird, like the way they dress, that the 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 way they dress and all that. That that you know, that was the style back in the eighties, that flamboyant stuff. You know what I'm saying? The 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 boots and all that. You know, it wasn't to my liking, but you know, far as like, um r&b singer and you know having the real that real music like that real real like don't don't front people like nobody was really messing with prince after purple rain let's 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 keep it all the way funky man people acting like people were messing with prince after purple rain yo nobody was checking for prince after purple rain man like come on man come on man and then the, the few people were checking for Prince after Purple Rain is weirdos, man. You know what I'm saying? Prince was started doing some mad weird stuff. He was wearing the booty cutout uh, pants. And I'm like, yo, what the hell? Just all the way extravagant, all the way uh, erotic type. Man, nobody wasn't checking for Prince after Purple I know I wasn't checking for Prince after Purple Rain. You know, he did the soundtrack to Batman, which was, was, was dope. He did a couple songs on the soundtrack from the original Batman movie, you know what I'm saying, that came out in what, 89, 90? But nobody was checking for Prince after Purple Rain. Because Prince started getting mad weird. Like mad weird, he started dressing weird and you know what I'm saying? And his outfits got more, more um feminine and more just weird. Nobody would check for well, I wasn't checking for Prince after Purple Rain. You know what I'm saying? That's that's Prince's best album, Purple Rain. If you can name me five Prince albums, you know what I'm saying? I'll give Prince the, the respect over uh um Rick James. Hell, I don't even think people could name five Prince songs after the Purple Rain album. Nobody wasn't checking for Prince after Purple Rain. So how the hell are people gonna, you know, act like Prince was this this, this just mega super crazy like you know and b talent or whatever his his uh genre of music was I mean he was talented don't get me wrong you know he played mad instruments and all that that's that's talent but musically melodically uh man nobody will check with prince after purple right people be fronting man people be on some and people on some bs man know what I'm saying then You know, because Rick... I think it's because Rick is from Buffalo, yo. He don't get the credit that he deserved. It's because Rick is from Buffalo. He don't get the credit that he deserved. Rick got hits, man. I don't know what people be talking about. Rick don't have hits. Give It To Me Baby was trash. Like, I didn't even like that song. That was just a... I won't say it it was trash. I don't like that song. Rick got mad songs. Mad songs that's classics yo that's classics man i'm gonna have to make a list of joints man i got joints in my phone right now and it's not because he's he from the city and all that it's just i know why he don't get the respect it's because number one he from buffalo you know what i'm saying number one he from buffalo number two dave Chappelle completely uh took the, the took the energy from it took the energy from his career You know what I'm saying? Anytime you think of Prince, the new generation or the generation after me, you know what I'm saying? Think about Prince, not Prince. Think about Rick James. They automatically think the Chappelle show. So Chappelle ruined his career. That whole Chappelle thing ruined his career. Nobody respect his pin game because of Chappelle. You know what I'm saying? Nobody respect his pin game because of Chappelle. And Chappelle did the skit with Prince, but it didn't do the damage that it did for Rick, like, right? you know what I'm saying, Rick got hits, yo, Rick got hits, he got real songs, not no, you know, booty cut songs, and all this, ew, all that nonsense, like, yo, man, Prince, I mean, Rick would put hands on you, like, it's a bunch of times, uh, Rick wanted to, you know, put hands on Prince, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like, yo, man, and and they get that twisted too because his 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 uh his 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 outfit that uh, Rick used to wear that he was soft and Rick wasn't, wasn't no punk man. Rick did time in jail and it come he didn't come out with a scratch. Rick was known for fighting in the city. Rick was known for getting busy, known for getting in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Known for beating up people. Brian McKnight Night too he was another one, bad as hell. Known for beating up people. Him and his brothers used to beat up people. Know what I mean? You wouldn't think that either. You, you thought Brian McKnight was soft. Brian Knight not soft. You go test Brian McKnight. He'll punch you right in your... You, you know what? He wasn't soft either. You used to think Rick was soft. Rick wasn't soft. Rick was crazy as hell. He'll put hands on you quick. But because of, you know, the way he talked, you know what I'm saying? In the outfits that he wear, they thought he was, you know, soft. Rick wasn't soft. He put, he put hands on mad, mad cats in the industry. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to name no names. You know what I mean? I've heard the stories. You know what I'm saying? Word travels around. I know people that know him. I know people that went to school with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he put hands on people, right? to so, see, you wouldn't know that, man. Right? You thought he was just some crazy you know, coked out crackhead, you know what I'm saying, putting um burning chicks and all that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Rick was, you know, messing around with doing a legal thing, legal activity, doing drugs and all that. But you know, don't get it twisted, he will put hands on you, man. But you know, um, um my mom's um knew his moms, you know what I'm saying? And um she had stories she used to tell me, man. You know what I mean? Like like Rick James is truly the true mayor of Buffalo, New York, yo, when I say that. I'm not just saying it because he's from the city, like, he's the one the first, you know, big first one that blew up that said I'm from Buffalo, you know what I'm saying? It's, he stood on that, you know what I mean? The rest of the cats just you know, they stand on it when they need to stand on it, man, you know they don't stand on it when you know, when they're at the height of their career, they're, they're from somewhere else. Like, Brightman they used to say he was from somewhere else. I think it was Canada or something like that. I don't know. Like they all be fronting You know what I'm saying? They all be fronting. But I want to uh play this uh interview that was pretty, pretty good that he had back in I think in ninety eight. It was a very detailed interview that he had. Um it's a very interesting interview. He goes into detail of his life and all that, you know what I'm saying? And I think you guys will enjoy it. So I'm gonna play it for you. I hope you guys can hear it. I'm gonna record it from my phone and let you listen into it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm going to play the whole interview. It's 30 minutes long. So if you got something to do, please go do it and then come back. But I'm going to play the interview. You know what I mean? And I hope you guys enjoy the interview. So um, this is what uh, Tom Snyder back in 1998. So check it out, guys. I'm going to play it right now.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm TS, and the Color cast is on the air now from CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. It is Tuesday night, the 21st of July, 1998, and rock star Rick James is back with us tonight. And the story of Lisa Michaels, she'll tell it herself, a very unusual upbringing in the 1960s and 1970s, and of course, the magic of you on the toll-free highway. I had an email today from a viewer who said, you know, you haven't talked about Mother Snyder lately. Is she okay? And the answer is, she's just fine, thank you. In fact, I went to see her today. And we paid another visit to the drive-through car wash. Remember the last time we went down there, she says, Man, the j- weather sure has changed. <laughs> you know, the water hits the car, right? You know, the king of all late night, and the drive-through car wash. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder what the king is doing today? Drive-through car wash with Mother Snyder. So anyway, I pick her up. I said, Mom, why don't we take a little ride? I have to gas the car and get it cleaned up. And she said, Fine, I'd love to go out. And she was in great shape today. So we drive down the hill. And we go to this, uh, it's called the bubble machine. Right? And uh, we get in the car wash, and she says, you know, every time we come down here, it's boring. <laughs> so we went back to, the, uh, to, uh, to, to her residence, uh, Mary Crest Manor there in Culver City. And Gladys and her magic violin were in attendance today. Tuesday is Gladys and her magic violin. And she's so sweet. I mean, she plays all the songs that all the ladies love, and they sing along, and they have a great time, and she takes requests. And Mother always has one. So after the whole thing is over, she introduces me to Gladys and the magic violin. And there's a new nun there who's in charge. I call her sister in charge. And I introduced myself, and once again, making a complete fool of myself, I said, by the way, I'm Tom Snyder's mother. I meant to say that, you know, (laughs) that that, that I'm Mrs. Snyder's son, but I said, I'm Tom Snyder's mother, and she looked at me, she says, are are you okay? I said, yeah. I said, every time I see the the magic bio, I go a little crazy. (laughs) But it was a great day, and I thank you for asking, and she was in great, great form today. Uh, Little Johnny missed his Final exam, master of the. Beautiful, Prince of Blends. Prince of Blends, right? <laughs> King of all late night, Prince of Blends. Uh, little Johnny had missed his final exam, he, got, he had the flu but he had done so well during the year that his teacher suggested to the school principal they give him an oral exam to make up for the test he missed and the principal agreed so they called little johnny to the office and explained to him what they were going to do and the teacher said johnny what does a cow have four of that i only have two of little johnny thought for a second and he said legs And the teacher said, Johnny, what do you have in your pants that I don't have in my pants? And Johnny thought for a second. He said, pockets. And the teacher asked, Johnny, what's the capital of Italy? And little Johnny said, Rome. Teacher turned to the principal, says, did he pass? Principal says, don't ask me. I got the first two wrong. is here tonight and Lisa Michaels and and you on the toll free I'm Tom you're watching CBS fire up the color teenies and catch the pictures now as we fly them through the air singer Rick James was the heart and soul of funk during the 1980s before he weathered the personal turmoil of prison and drug addiction. He now has his life and career back on track. His first recording since 1988 called Urban Rhapsody is out now, and next year Rick publishes his autobiography called Confessions of a Super Freak. It's great to welcome you back to CBS, and thank you for joining us again. It's really a pleasure to see you. You look terrific. You <laughs> lost. You me, Tom. You, you've you lost weight it. since you were here. You look fabulous. You, you can really tell, work. thanks. Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> somebody's noticed. Yeah, you look terrific. Yeah. Huh? Now, you know, we talked the last time, here about your your tour of duty as it were at Folsom prison and then I want to ask you here when you when you went back on stage the first time after you served your time in prison what was that experience like for you well fortunately um, when I went on stage it was
2: in Los Angeles and fortunately again when I went on stage it was a place called the house of blue sure which we played right before the tour right and unfortunately I was very 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 nervous I, I think I was more nervous than I had ever been in my life really but i, I mean, considering all the times that you've performed before a huge audience yeah I mean were, we're talking about 20-30 years of, of touring and um it was terrible I mean I just I just had this, this stomach that wouldn't relax and I was tense right. and and uh like, do, you only, think, the, do you think the crowd could tell no well and, I mean this was actually backstage oh, I mean okay. this was before I went on you know I mean uh, God, and I hadn't played in front of a crowd in um over 15 years you know and um I was bit, you know, to say the least, you know, and I, and, I, and I couldn't just go, usually cases like that, I'd take me some cocaine or something, and I, I you know, the old days, <laughs> and i numb the feelings, <laughs> and I'd go out just, and pop hey, you know. <laughs> half a bottle of Jack Black and some Cavassier, and, uh, you know, half an ounce of coke, and I was ready, just leveled it out, right? But this time, it wasn't any of that, you know, and uh, I remember being in my dressing room, and Chris Tucker, a uh, fine young actor and comedian, um, he came to the show, and he was upstairs, he was up in the dressing room trying to give me a, uh, cool me out and uh, another guy named Paul Mooney and Eddie Griffin so I had these three comedians there uh, who were like who kept me like really laughing and kept. Me, they're the ones who brought me on and I just remember stepping out there and it was after I got out there Tom it was cool it was like like old nothing time. had changed yeah. Yeah. it was like nothing had changed and I was a little overweight I felt you know and um, I hadn't had my hip surgery yet so I was still feeling a lot of pain on that but, you know, it's funny how, you know, God gives you this thing, and, and then when it's time to do it, nothing stops you, you
1: know? Oh, the adrenaline gets going, and yeah. out you go. It's kind of like the mailman. He just know. starts to play, and yeah. you're with it.
2: That's true. Yeah, and it's just, um, it was like old times, and, and it was filled with a lot of
1: entertainers and, and stars and celebrities, and they all made me feel wonderful. That's terrific. Now, let me ask you here, what was wrong with your hip? I don't think we talked about that the last
2: time. I had a hip surgery. I had a hip replacement in February what'd you do to it? Oh, it it was nothing. It didn't have anything to do with drugs and anything to do with alcohol anything like that. It was just years of wear and tear using my right leg. You know, I like to, when I'm on stage, you know, you get a lot of that gyrating and stuff going on. You know, a lot of that stuff hurts the hip, you know? And, uh, (laughs) kicking, you know, I used to kick a lot. Matter of fact, the doctors were calling it rock and roll hip because, uh, I think one of the Van Halen brothers, Eddie or his brother, one of them had it, and
1: some other rock and rollers yeah. that I know uh, had replacements. So it's just uh, it's a common thing right now. And also, since we saw you the last time, Rick, you've been on this tour, your first tour since yeah. you've been back. And I remember uh, you saying that the, that, was it the parole board had to approve the, the locations that you went to? Well, no, they didn't approve the locations, but they, they had to approve me every week that I went out. Right, I I mean, in the, the tour state was of for California.
2: like almost six months. Right and uh what would happen is after the pro board were wonderful about the whole thing you know they uh, they just wanted to make sure that I was gonna have my head together right you know, And that I wasn't gonna be out there using cocaine and all that kind of stuff you know and, and I can understand that you know it's natural uh all my life I've done it so why change
1: yeah. now how about you and cocaine is that finished now yeah yeah did you go to a program or do it yourself how did how did you No, continue? I mean I, I don't think I don't think there's a such thing as as as
2: Doing it yourself, I mean, ending it yourself. You always need support, and you always need the help of others. You know, thank God I have a strong support group. You know, I have uh, friends and uh, band members and, and associates, and you know, and and you know, there's and a doctor. You know, I was under doctor's care for okay. uh, about six months after I got out, and he gave me a lot of help. But but basically, it was friends and, and family. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Tom. There's always a thing in the back of your mind sometimes. You want to do it i mean i wake up in the morning and it's sunny and nice and oh it's i think i'll do some cocaine you know it's really you know it'll be raining oh i think i'll do some cocaine you know whatever you know anything
1: anything can spark it. how how addictive uh, is, is is that drug you know i dabbled with marijuana back in the 70s and early 80s and, and I, but but i and I don't, and, and i but and, i never, I never oh, went to oh, wait a minute i never went to, tom i'm not hearing you <laughs> What do we? We dabbled with marijuana. Yeah, so we we so, yeah, we dabbled. What else did we dabble? We with? We didn't dabble with anything else. Never had the urge. I like
2: the way he looks over and when he says We didn't dabble with anything else, Rick. We just. uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever known anyone just to dabble with marijuana. All right, I used it, okay? Oh, okay, there we go. I right, smoked the hell out of smoke it. Smoked the hell out of yeah. it. Yeah. Damn right. Okay. No, I. I it. Um. Cocaine is a, is a, is a funny drug because when I was so. I'm, let me tell you a little short story. When okay. we, when me and my band, the Stone City Band, were together, every album we made for the fifteen or seventeen years that we were making albums, and I'm talking about albums that so millions of copies. Every album we did, we never failed to have an ounce or two sitting right there on the console. Really? A big bag of Quaaludes okay, uh Crystal Champagne and Jack Black bourbon and you know all at our all at our uh, Beck in Command right there. I don't think I've ever made an album other than for the last few years that didn't have cocaine and I was snorting it. I would stay up for weeks making these albums. And we were doing, like, three or four albums a year. I was doing myself. I was doing Tina Marie. I was doing the Mary Jane Girls. I was doing the Stone City Band. Uh, I did Eddie Murphy under, under the same... See, what well, I can't figure out... But, know, way, but my point is, okay, when I stopped snorting and started smoking, then that's when my addiction skyrocketed. Because after you had that first hit of cocaine, it's nothing has... It's so... It, It's like a million, the the difference is astronomical compared to snorting. I mean, there there wasn't a rush in the world that
1: I had ever had in my life, other than maybe sexually or something. What I can't understand is how you can work when you're stoned. Because having been stoned, I knew when I was in that in that condition after smoking dope, I couldn't come in and do a show or or, or do a newscast. Well, marijuana was easy. I mean, we did marijuana. We woke up in the morning. We called it Mary Jane. We wrote
2: a national song about it. You know, I love you, Mary Jane. That kind of thing. And you know, we, we smoked all the time. We never really thought about it. And I think one of the ways we were able to make so many albums often because the whole band did it. Everybody, but maybe one guy in the band. The whole band did it and we were all in accord with one right so everybody's on the same wavelength everybody was on the same plane i mean everybody was snorting and everybody was creating and everybody was singing but and this went on for 15 years us making albums like this you know like before we went on stage Mm -hmm. after we went on stage during the making of the albums then about 15 years later 17 years later one day we sat and we had a one-on-one in the studio and the whole dimension changed it was like we couldn't make an album i couldn't sit and make an
1: album right. anymore it's a very strange thing you have to ask my doctor why is that yeah ask him find find uh, out find out let me take a fast break we're talking with rick james uh, his newest cd is called urban rhapsody the book still to come confessions of a super freak back with rick and you on the toll free as time permits after these messages Uh, with Rick James, here's James calling on the toll-free in Springfield, Illinois. Hello there. No, Springfield, Missouri. Springfield, Missouri. My mistake. Hi, James. How are you? Hi, Tom. I wanted to ask Rick. I saw a documentary on VH1 about him. I wanted, I know he was close to his mom, and I want to ask him what is the funniest, greatest story about his mother.
2: You know, I really i i uh I have so many stories about my mother that were hilarious uh I mean
0: real funny when, when, when my band
2: I'll tell you one quick funny story when my band was staying at my house um uh, they were staying, I had a bunch of members in my group staying at my house. And I lived in Orchard Park and I had this indoor swimming pool with these horses. And I just wanted a bunch of people Well, my mother really thought that uh, she didn't understand the concept of a band staying with, with one another. So she one day she decided she got really upset and she wanted everybody out. So of course nobody left. So she came down, she came down with a shotgun. <laughs> oh, come on. And she stood in my door and says, I want everybody's using my son. <laughs> I want everybody out of there. And I came out and I'm like got a robe on and she's standing there.
0: I kill everybody. Everybody. I kill them
2: all. The I the said, guy. Mom, these are my band, they live here. Hello. Uh <laughs> this is you know, it's I've got so many stories with my mother. Mom took no guff from you, growing my up. mother didn't take nothing. If she thought my mother raised eight kids on her own through the numbers rackets, and what should know about that, right? Right. And mm. she wasn't she was all about Anybody put it lay a hand on my children and they die. So she really thought in that particular instance that I just told she was
1: thought tough was your brothers and tough I mean she was tough on all of us basically I of mean, us, I mean of she whack you if you got bit the line
2: we got what they call whoopings. What we got it was it's, nowadays they call it child abuse. So I used to run and call the police on my mother. Really? Yeah. She wanted us to show Okay, everybody stripped. I mean, she wanted you actually to strip out of your clothes and get naked while she would get these ironing cords and tie them up. And she'd go to whooping, and I'd run up in the bathroom, and I then when I knew she wasn't there, I'd creep out and, hello, nine one one, come and get this woman. She's crazy. She's trying to kill us. Come get her. She's nuts then as I grew older, I realized she was only five foot two. <laughs> so one day, I was like a 13 or something, and she went to get the ironing cords. I'm going to tear you up. I brought you into the world. I'm going to take you out. And I, she went and I grabbed her. I says, there'll be no more of this. There'll be no more of this. So she just, <laughs> you hate me. And I know I don't hate you, mom. I love you. But the whooping days are over. Yeah, sure over. I mean, it, it was very abusive, Tom. If, to one hand, I can admit that after doing a lot of therapy and a lot of soul searching. Because some of us used to have to go to school and we'd have these horseshoes on us and we'd have to cover ourselves up and and um, child uh, services would come see her and, and uh, she'd light us all in the bed and say, if y'all say anything, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd come and say, are you beating these children? She says, no, there's a little big eye.
1: No, I'm not touching them, they're just naughty sometimes.
2: And uh, you know, my mother was a tyrant and uh, a wonderful person
1: at the same time. And I, I love her and I miss her dearly. James, I'm glad you called. Thanks for being with us tonight. You're welcome, Tom. Nice to be on the air. Okay, Thanks. tonight, James. <laughs> <laughs> Do you stay in touch with anybody you met in prison? Yeah. Yeah, there's
2: a couple guys that I, that I talk to. Um, believe it or not, I mean... When I was in prison, I basically dealt with the guys who were in there for like 15, 17, 20, 25 years. I mean, most of the guys that I met in prison, I'll say 95% of the guys, 90% of the guys that I met in prison, if they came out right now they could share I would break bread with them and they would be my homies and my friends for the rest of life uh, they taught me a lot of things when I was in prison a lot of guys pulled me aside because they knew that uh, prison wasn't for me and they knew that that kind of environment wasn't my kind of environment, which is it's really no one's kind of environment right and a lot of these guys Tom they got an in incidents when they were drunk or they were high they were defending themselves and an altercation broke out, and they happened to kill someone by accident, which is the same thing that would happen to you. If somebody jumped on you physically, you would protect yourself. Protect yourself. Well, a lot of, of these things happen to a lot of these guys, and the unfortunate thing about this is that a lot of these guys have been, these guys that I know that I'm speaking of, and uh, that's for you, Bubba, and and um, and um, Rob Buns, and all the rest of you guys. Uh, that you know, my heart is uh, a lot of them they never never get out of there and all they were doing was defending their families or defending themselves but they taught me a lot they 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 really made me grow up when I was there like when you said they taught you stuff well they would pull me aside and they would be most of them missed the crack era and, the, and that cocaine type thing and they would like they would come to my cell and they like close the door and they'd sit me down two at a time and they'd say look you know how the hell can you have millions of dollars have a beautiful family, have this great career, and end up in here with us. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? They say, know? What explain you? this to me. And I, crack, crack. They say, crack. What the hell is crack have to do with you being here right now? You should be out there raising your children you should be out there helping black kids get ahead you are black you we need role models we need black men to stand up and I heard all of this kind of dialogue and this was an everyday thing and eventually it started to seep in it sank sank, yeah it sank yeah it sank that I do need to be out there that crack is causing and dope is causing genocide amongst my people that my people are are dying every day. Not only my people, your white people, yellow people, red people, every every country. Every, kind every of day, women are selling their
1: babies because of crack. People are killing and doing uh, uh, gang gangbangers because of dope. And and the thing that you have to emphasize is that if you look at at, at notable people such as yourself. Uh, I can't think of anybody, nor can you, uh, that cocaine has helped. No, you know what, it kicked my ass for many, many, many years and trying to
2: explain this to them was like really battering your head up against a brick wall because basically they didn't understand the crack thing. I don't know how I got addicted. I don't know why I'm a drug addict, recovering drug addict. I have no idea. All I know is that what I learned in prison, they, they tell you jails, institution, death. God knows I had OD'd enough times and God knows I had been in enough institutional rehabs so death was really right at my door that was my next option and a lot of times it was a wonderful option because a lot of times I actually did drugs hoping to OD and hoping not to wake up and then after analyzing that after being straight and sober and analyzing that saying how could I possibly want not to enjoy this life, have these beautiful children I have um God knows, not many of black, not many black people come out of the ghetto and all of a sudden from drinking Ripple and drink Crystal and sit on the Tom Snyder show or or deal with. I mean,
1: whatever the case or, is, or, I have or, a
2: responsibility. Or become famous
1: and beloved by their fans. Or become famous with all these adulations.
2: exactly. Sell millions of records
1: and to just want to throw it
2: all away. So, like those guys said to you, what are you doing? And I had no answer for them, but they did tell me, well, here's what's happening. We are going to support you while you're here. And we're gonna watch your back while you here. And we're gonna teach you everything you need to stand up while you're here. And then we wanna see you walk out of here. But don't come back here.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't or, you ever or don't come else. back here or else. Or else. or else. or else. But by the way, did anybody try to take you on when you were in prison? Anybody try to do me? Yeah. Beat yeah. I mean, physically? Yeah. Beat or you sexually? No, 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 beat you up. <laughs> I had one altercation with uh, a.
2: All head Russian type Aryan uh, racist in, in a place called CIC but after I whooped his ass I didn't have any more problems you know <laughs> word does get around doesn't it yeah. Yeah, I mean everybody know I'm not no punk you know number one I mean the whole bottom line is I had a blanket of love in prison because I'm real I mean if I had walked in prison with this with some kind of uppity attitude if I had walked in prison thinking that I was this or I was that which I have never thought I have never put myself on any kind of pedestal if anything, I put myself under a pedestal. The only person, the only spirit on a pedestal in my life is God Almighty. That's it. Every man is the same. You know, you bleed, you cut, you know, I don't you know, if I'm not about all that go uh, If I had went there with a, a funky ass attitude, yeah, I, w- I would have been I would've been done. I mean, because there are plenty of guys. I mean, I'm not saying I'm I'm no I'm not uh, Bruce Lee and I'm not just super Mike right. Tyson. But I mean I'll fight and I'll defend myself, you know. And that's the bottom line. Ain't nobody taking no butt from me. I mean, Bubba didn't walk in my cell and say, it's about tired, Rick. Super freak this.
1: <laughs> you know, that didn't happen. Matter of fact, me and Bubba became great friends. Yeah. Let me pause here. We're chatting with uh, Rick James. CD is called Urban Rhapsody. We'll be right back after this break.
0: And I'm going to cut it right there, man. Like I told you guys. <laughs> Rick ain't no punk, man know what i'm saying rick ain't no punk i try to tell you guys know what i mean like i said rick put hands on many entertainers in the industry i'm not gonna name it know what i mean but um and it's allegedly that he put hands on these entertainers you know what i'm saying but you know rick was that dude man and again i think that with the Chappelle show it kind of ruined his his career you know what i'm saying It didn't do the same for Prince, you know what I mean? But like I said, nobody was checking for Prince after Purple Rain, man. So how the hell can you compare the two? Prince, melodically, and the way he structured his songs, the type of songs he did, um, he did have that one song, Diamonds and Pearls, but, yo, I mean, it was so far in between the joints that came from Prince that I actually liked after Purple Rain. It was, like, here and there. And then he would do some, some weird song and be like, what the hell is this? But, um, you know, that's the whole nutshell of Rick James, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Who he was. Um, I still think he's underrated as a, a talent. You know what I mean? I mean, he's underrated, man. Like, again, when you talk to the youth today and you bring up Rick James, they all bring up Chappelle. You know what I'm saying? I'm Rick James. You know that whole famous line. Like, that Chappelle show really... Destroyed his true, um, what he truly brought to the music scene. It destroyed it. You know what I'm saying? Again, anytime you bring it up, is the Chappelle show and what Charlie Murphy had to say about him. R.I.P. Charlie Murphy, he was another real one, man. All the real ones are gone, man. You know what I mean? All the real ones are gone, man. You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna read a little bit about his bio. You know what I'm saying? Um, about rick james uh grammy award musician songwriter singer and record producer rick james was an immensely popular figure in the the um genre of funk music one of the most brilliant singers rick james has an array of number one hits on the u.s r&b charts to his credit array of earned number one hits again a lot of people say rick james don't have any hits what are you talking about He begins his journey into the world of music as a young teenager who who would sing in the street corners of his neighborhood in Buffalo. It was during this time that he was drawn into the violence, drugs, and street crime, a habit that will come to haunt him in his later years. Yeah, he started messing around with the drugs. Um, Rick, Rick started dabbling in the drugs early on in his early on in his life, and then you know when he started when he got the money, it just intensified his his use. You know what I'm saying? Rick was already using these drugs way before he became Rick James. You know what I'm saying? But once he got the bread, he he was able to get unlimited access to these these um these drugs that eventually was his demise. But um, it was during his time that he was drawn into the violence. Okay, I read that. In his later years. One of one of the pioneers of the genre of funk music. He is best known for his massive funk hits, "Super Freak" and "Give It to Me, Baby." This reventing performer brought with him an aura of, of brilliance, and when he performed on stage, he mem- mesmerized audience with his adrenaline charge ex- ex- exhilarating performances unfortunately when he began to enjoy success in his career he was personally affected with drug addiction and a habit that drew him to develop a, a notorious personality that eventually got him into legal trouble everybody knows the story what happened you know what I'm saying um let's see no his known uh name James Ambrose Johnson jr. Died in 56. Uh, what else they got to say about his career? In 1978, he came up with his debut album titled Come Get It, which played a major role in launching his solo career in the music industry. The album also featured his hit disco number, You and I. New York, that's the joint. Um, in 1979, he released his second album, Bustin' Out, of L7 which was released under the Gordy Records label. The album included the hit R&B track Bustin' Out. In October 16, 1979 he came out with his third album Fired It Up, which was a moderate success. The album featured the tracks Fired It Up, Love Guns, and Loving You is a Pleasure. Uh, Released in the year 1980, his fourth album, Garden of Love, featured the tracks big time, Don't Give up on love and Island Lady. The album was a success. In 1981, he came out with the concept album Street Songs, which was one of his most successful albums. The album featured his track, his hit tracks, "Give It to Me, Baby" and "Super Freak." In 1982, his album "Throwing, Throwing Down" was released. Uh, the album received a gold certification. Certification, but was not as popular as his previous album, uh, Street Songs. In 1983, he came out with the album Clode-Blooded, released under the Gordy Records label. The album featured tracks You Bring the Funk Out and New York Town. He released his album Glow. In 1985, the album fe- featured the tracks Spend the Night With Me, Melody Makes Me Dance, and Shalala, oh, those joints, those are joints, man. I'm saying Rick, I'm told you, man. Rick had hits, man. Saying Rick don't have hits is crazy. In 1986, his album The Flag was released. The album included the tracks "Sweet and Sexy Thing," "Freak Flag," "Are You Experienced," and "Funk in America." City Little Man and "Slow and Easy" interlude. Um, he released his album Wonderful under the Reprise Records labeled in nineteen eighty eight. The album included one of his most famous and um and hit songs loose loosely rap You know what I'm saying? That's what uh Roxanne Shantae. Now a lot of people don't know. Roxanne Shantae lived with Rick James for like a couple years. You know what I mean? Um anybody know who Roxanne Shantae is? She's uh she's the MC that um had the battle with um what's that group uh, Roxanne Roxanne i want to be your man Um, I can't Kango Kid Kango Kid so you know she was she was dope as well you know what I'm saying she was good she was known for battling cats and, and destroying them Kango Kid didn't have a career after she battled him you know what I'm saying Um, but yeah Roxanne Shante, Uh, said in the interview she lived with Rick James for like two years you know what I'm saying people didn't know that in 1987, he came out with his final album, titled Urban Rhapsody, which was released under the Mercury Records and Private Eye Records label. The album received mixed reviews. Um, major works. His single, Give It To Me Baby, was mentally successful and peaked at number one position on the R&B charts. And for a period of five weeks, the song featured a f- in the film, She's All That. Uh, awards and achievement. in 1990, he won a Grammy Award in the category Best R&B Song for "You Can't Touch This." I mean, that's the only only reward he got. Like for all of those hits that he had, that's the only kind of um, accolades he got from all that work he put in. All them songs he wrote, all them songs he wrote for other entertainers. Man, I mean, you know, again, like I said, he's very underrated as a songwriter, producer. You know what I'm saying, and artist. So man, but that is uh the the life and times of Rick James, man, the story of Rick James and his life, you know what I'm saying? He he's one of the best that ever did it, man. And you can't take that from him, you know what I'm saying? But again, being that he's from Buffalo, New York, he don't get the credit that he deserves, man. Um, and not only that, when the Chappelle show came out, it destroyed any little bit of um any little bit of success that he might have in his career that people actually, um, gave him credit for, you know what I'm saying? Now, if he was from New York city or, you know, anywhere in New York city, he would be, you know what I'm saying? Rock and roll hall of fame, uh, on the, the, the walk, the, the, what is it? The star, um, the, where you get the star the the, the, the entertainers get the star on the walk of fame. He would be he would be all and all that, man. He would have rewards. He would have um awards galore if he was from New York City, you know what I'm saying? But being that he's from, you know what I'm saying, upstate New York, Buffalo, New York, little small city, you know what I mean? They don't give it to him. You know what I'm saying? They don't give him to him. They don't give him his credit. And he definitely deserved more credit than what Chappelle Show did to his career. You know what I'm saying? But yo, that's my taking this podcast episode. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in, you know what I'm saying? Um, please share this with everybody. You know what I mean? To help my podcast grow. But that's my take. I'm your gracious host, Jupiter Nine. And I just want to say peace and love to everybody. Take care.